Welcome to Being at Work. This is your host, Andrea Butcher. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I am fired up about equipping leaders to actually lead. And today's guest breaks down his leadership growth journey in such a helpful way in three phases, building things, building process, and building people. Matt Bellinger is the Senior Vice President Service Delivery at Denison Parking, and I asked him to be on the show because his story highlights what being at work is all about, the leadership journey. Listen in as he describes his journey from engineer to executive, and in particular, pay attention to what it is that most supported his transition from engineer to program manager. My big takeaway It's all about your mindset around the learning. The key thing that that I've discovered on my my journey so far really is is the value of of intentionally targeting a diversity of of experiences, right? Both both additive experiences that grow the the skills in, in an area of expertise that you already have, as well as combinatorial experiences that that grow skills on the on the edge of your comfort zone, right? Because that, that that's really where all of our, of our growth comes from. You, you'll often hear that referred to as sort of T-shaped skills, but but I don't think that really weights the sort of the multiplier effect of experiences kind of on the wings of that T for for folks who are lifelong learners. When I think about my journey, I, I think of it in, in three stages, really. Uh, building building things as an engineer, uh, building processes and and projects uh, as a as a project and program manager, and building people and organizations as an executive. I, I do think of myself primarily as a builder, but as we as we grow in our career and, and experiences, it's it's important to expand and, and and refine the roles you can play. And and so for me, that's that's been communicator, coach, innovator, change catalyst. I started my career as a as a deeply technical engineer building. The complex products deep in the in the telecom network. I was I was very utilitarian, you know, sort of form follows function. Along the way, I, I developed a, a passion for for visualization of information and communication of, of complex topics, and and that helped me bridge groups who didn't always communicate, and and earned me exposure to organizational leaders who who would later influence my career. It was it was powerful, you know, networking and, and relationship. And it was really that networking that that led to my first big career growth opportunity, my, my first combinatorial uh, experience. I was always planning to to grow and develop as an engineer, and I had become a, a, a fairly senior uh, engineer. And, and there was a, a peer, a, a program manager in another organization who had decided to retire, and and his executive asked me to to take that role uh, as as an expansion assignment. For me, and I was really hesitant to do that. I, I had a great conversation with with my upline executive, and you know, he and I were, were talking, and, and I you know, mentioned that really I, I I wanted to be a great engineer, and he really encouraged me to to think broadly and, and seize that opportunity, because so few engineers really had empathy for other parts of the of the business and, and experience in. Other parts of the business that really set me along a, a different trajectory and, and an expanded path. So I'm um, I'm curious. So you said you know at that time you felt like gosh I just really want to be a great engineer. How did you get into engineering? Was had that been your passion? How did that come to be? 
so I, I would say yes. Um, I would <laughs> I would say that I've been passionate about engineering since I was very young. You know, and think of the everything from Legos to you know re rebuilding an engine in a, a classic Mustang when I was uh, 14 years old with with my dad and, and and just always having that sort of mechanical uh, inclination and passion and interest and you know I got older and you know I, I grew up right when when you know computer personal computer revolution was was taking off and you know what can I do with this and and, and how can I you know just, just spending hours and hours you know, digging in and diving and and uh, you know went to went to school as as an engineer and some people will go through multiple majors and you know, before they finally lock in and I had always felt that I was so fortunate. I'm, I'm going to be an engineer. This is going to be really great. And, and I was the, just the type and the personality that, you know, I, I wanted to sit in on other classes to, to, to get additional experience and exposure to things on the periphery of my major, but not really my major, right? That is great context. I'm glad I asked because now I understand more why you were hesitant you know, because I think about, gosh, expansion opportunity. Well, of course you'd be excited. But yeah, you you had just gotten into this thing that really felt comfortable with you, mechanically inclined. And it was something that you'd been moving towards really since you were four years old. So it's no surprise that you were you were hesitant when the opportunity arose to do something else. Oh, yes. And not only was I hesitant, I, I had felt like I had been preparing to be an engineer, you know, my, my whole life, right? And, and even in college, you know, I worked in the, the IT center and doing all the, right, all of these experiences. And I knew nothing when I started to do the, the project and program manager role. I, I had no background in, in supply chain or in, or in client support or, you know, accounting and finance. I could not read a P&L, right? I, I felt greatly uh, underqualified to to do that work and so you know I poured myself in and, and really um, studied and, and and worked hard and, and eventually got my comfort and confidence back and, and, and a lot of experience and found others who were just great mentors and were willing to put up with my my barrage of questions around growing and developing those skills you know again I, I felt like if I was going to commit myself to that experience, not only did I want to get as much out of that experience as I could, but I wanted to add value to the business, right? I, I want to be good at the thing that I'm doing, not just doing the thing, right? So this is the transition that represents that first transition from that first to that second phase, right? Building things to building process. What was harder? What was hardest for you in that transition? It was really um, giving up the ability to be the technical expert in the room. You know, I, I, had, I had come through and in my entire career to that point, you know, even if I wasn't the expert in the room, I was at, at least among a set of, of experts in, in the room. And that was my role, right, was, was to develop and, and, and build and contribute to the, the technical uh, product or, or service or solution that that we were delivering and to recalibrate my role from that to defining scope and helping to refine the plan and understanding risk and mitigating risk and making sure that we had all the other parts of the business from manufacturing and supply chain to support to accounting and finance to marketing to sale right and, and making sure all of the various parts of the 
organization had an aligned understanding of the cadence and the sequence and the deliverables and the dependencies and where everybody was, right? That was the new role. And I couldn't necessarily contribute to the detailed technical definition or, or scoping or testing, right? It, it was, I could be involved, right? I was aware that it was no longer my role, you know, to lead that, that aspect. of. Yeah. So I could see how that would be a challenge. Okay. So, so you, you talked about like ups and downs and it was hard. And did you recognize that? Yes, this is a transition. This is different. Or did that awareness not come until later? I tried to be, again, uh, after the, the conversation with that sort of upline executive, you, you know, that really resonated with me. And I, and I tried to keep that in mind. And, and there were times when, you know, again, I, I had been a technical resource for a very long time. So it's not as though I was devoid of any technical expertise the, the next day. So there were times when, when I would, you know, just enjoy having a conversation or, or you know, whatever. But it, it, it was um, a, a pretty intentional process on my part, mostly because I was so engaged in learning this new domain, this new practice, this new area, right, that I wanted to pour myself into that because I felt out of my league or, or underclassed. And, 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 and for me, that's not a super comfortable area to be in, right? And it was the first time in my career I had not yet become comfortable being uncomfortable, Right. And, and so just sort of that cognitive dissonance, how can I get myself to a space where I feel like I'm, I'm adding value and contributing to the broader team in a way that lines with the standards that I hold myself to? Okay. That is such an important point. I just want to stop you for a second because I want to make sure our listeners really heard that. You said, I was so engaged in learning this new do- domain. So you recognized that it was a transition and you were open to that growth that was happening. There's a great stat you've probably heard. It's, it's from Ken Blanchard's organization, but they did research around individual contributors being promoted to manager roles over a several year period. And what they found is that 60% of new managers failed in their first two years. And when you dig into a lot of that research, a lot of it is that they they didn't recognize the different skill set. They didn't recognize it's a new domain. So they tried to do what they had always done previously. And of course, that's not going to work in the new domain. So I, I love that language. You were so engaged in the learning, the process that, that, that kept you in it. It's a great mindset. It's the old, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And, and how do we make sure that we're being intentional about, about continuing to grow and expand the skill sets? So keep going with your journey then. So this learning process around building process but today, I mean, you're leading at an executive level, like you're, you've got the entire enterprise to focus on. So you're really focused on building people. I had spent a couple of years kind of building and, and, and rebuilding my, my uh, ability to, to deliver great programs. And, and, you know, as part of that, I was, I was invited to participate in, you know, my first M&A merger and acquisition uh, activity. I, I had a, a, a good mix of kind of technical and project leadership skills by that point, but but I didn't know anything about the mechanics of, of M&A. I was really fortunate to be, to be part of a, of a high-profile uh, acquisition. And, and seeing our success, I was, I was invited to build a team to, to deliver that service to, to other acquisition targets. 
I got to build an M&A playbook, which was super fun. And, and again, a lot of learning and, and also started developing and refining my, my people leadership skills, right? And, and that was very intentional about the culture that we built as a, as a new team, as a brand new organization, instead of kind of taking over an, a, 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 an organization that, that someone had moved on from, we were building from the ground up. And, and it was really important to build that culture because, because our team was, was focused on helping organizations that were new to the company, organizations and people who are new to the company. And I knew that that culture would, most of us, we get to choose where we work, right? We, we wake up every morning, we, you know, it's signed on to work at this, at this organization. And, and that's not true in an acquisition environment, right? You wake up one morning and, and you're, hey, guess what? Company's been acquired and now we're, you know, we're going to kind of merge in with, with a, a new set of folks and a new culture that, that, that we haven't been a part of before and, and sometimes maybe even competed with. And so we wanted to just really land and, and nail the, the, the culture um, right out of the game. You know, and I hear in that, I, first of all, like, I, I love your enthusiasm around building an M&A playbook. But I, I'm thinking about how the experiences that you had had really set you up to lead people well, because you had that perspective. I mean, it really, it's interesting, you know, you started with just the value in getting a diverse set of experiences. And it's almost like through your journey, all of those things have really contributed to, they've set you up to lead at the next level. I felt like that was true, but I, I, I wish I could say that I had the hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? And, and at the time, you know, I, I had not yet appreciated the value of that, you know, intentionally targeting the diversity of experiences. It was just, you know, hey, I'm going to be a great engineer. And, and now I have this opportunity to, to grow and expand in a different way and then grow and expand in a different way. And, 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 and it was about that time that it, it really sort of clicked for me, the, you know, hey, there, there's really something to this, right? To, to growing and expanding in different areas, kind of, again, kind of on the wings of that T, right? The combinatorial experiences that, that multiply the value and you can start to connect and, 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 and see threads that I, I never would have been exposed to had I just kind of continued down the, the engineering path, which, which I'm sure would have been, you know, highly satisfying and, 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 a, and a great career and opportunity. But but I, I would never have had the experiences and, and opportunities that I've had coming out of that. The expansion opportunities. Well, you know, it's really interesting. So how, you know, you hear things like follow your bliss and leverage your strengths. And so how how do you reconcile the value in following your bliss and leveraging your strengths while taking on diverse experiences and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone? I've always been fortunate to be able to bring my passion with me. And, and no matter what it is that I'm engaged in, if there's a, if there's a hard problem to be, to be solved, right? I, I want to apply the, the totality of experiences and, and, and learnings that, that I've had um, in life and in my career, right? How can I bring that and, and, and use that as even in an area where I may not have the the breadth or the expertise, but you know, can I help engage my my network, or or can I can I learn a thing adjacent to something that I already know, or you know, what what can I do? What can I bring? And for me, I feel like I'll I'll get some new 
skill to add to my toolbox or my backpack that will then help me in the future, right? Because because I get to learn another new thing, right? And and for me, that's that's what's really exciting. And and, and so in terms of following my passion, yes, I get to follow my passion, but I also feel like my passion gets to lead, right? And and where my passion leads, that's where I should be, right? And 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 how can I contribute and and add value there? Yeah. How can I contribute and add value there? So what I hear you saying is it's it's really balancing. I mean, balancing, but also I like your point about like wherever you go, there you are. And so there your passion and who you are doesn't change as you're adding experiences and perspective. And so I guess it's just taking the risk, isn't it? Being willing to step out of your comfort zone. It, and for me, Matt, it just goes back to that attitude of I am learning. You said I was so engaged in learning this new domain. So that kept you open and, and I suspect allowed you to experiment and fail along the way. You know, a lot of my role today is just leading and, and guiding change, right? And, and, and being open to that myself. You know, I, I feel like that helps lend an, an, an authenticity when when an organization or an individual, you know, we all, we all become habituated to, to the way we're, you know, we're doing things today. And, and, and everyone has an opportunity to improve and change and increase the way that, that we deliver value. And, you know, in, in my mind, you know, you can either initiate change yourself, right. Or, or have it sort of thrust upon you. <laughs> and, and, and I would, you know, much rather embrace a thing, be open and proactive and, and to your point, right, if you preserve sort of the core values of, of who you are and, and, and that authenticity, then, then things, you know, other things can change around you and, and it, will, it will all sort of come together and, and recognize that the, the future is not yet written. And, and no matter what you, you have mapped out for your journey, it, it, will, it will turn out different and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, and, and not getting sidetracked and hooked by the problems or the obstacles that pop up. Right. I mean, that's, again, that's where I go back to your, I was so engaged in learning this new domain, like that's your focus. And so you're moving forward. I can think of lots of times when I stepped out and started something new and then the first challenge popped up and I'm like, okay, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's like, no, that's, that's natural because it's different. You're learning and growing. So stay in it and keep going. Exactly. There's, there's something to be done here and, and we're not quite done. So that's where perseverance and resilience and those sticking with it qualities really become valuable. So what about today? I mean, you said a big part of your role is leading and guiding change. What are your biggest challenges leading at the enterprise level? In my mind, it's, it's setting the, the context for the team and, and really across the organization to, to take difficult decisions, right? And, and sometimes taking those decisions, you know, myself and, and, and really <laughs> hoping for the wisdom to know when to do which, right? Uh, that that's a that's always a, a big challenge, and and then uh, leading change and 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 helping folks kind of recognize that that there's a short term goal around change and 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 the, the reasons and the why, and then the long term results and the contributions to the business, and 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 really helping to to build those relationships and connections that that enable that forward progress in in a way that aligned with the values and the objectives of the organization. 
Well, and you've got so many stakeholders, right? You've got your peers, you've got the all of the team members who are looking to you for guidance. And so how do you balance like the individual needs and desires with the needs and desires of the masses? That's a really uh, sort of timely question, right? In, um, in, in the sort of pandemic, uh, hopefully soon post-pandemic world, right? And, and, and I know we've been really intentional on, on maybe uh, rotating a, a little bit more toward the needs of the individuals uh, just with all of the the stressors, you know, right now during during the times of, of COVID, and how can we be be more empathetic and more sensitive and more understanding to the, to the needs of individuals? We've driven in in our business, we've driven just a tremendous amount of change over the last three years, and so, you know, coming through, um, you know, frankly, a, a, a time of, of change fatigue, and then and then uh, having the pandemic sort of thrust upon us. How can we be a little bit more supportive and sensitive to the needs of the individual while, while still making sure that we're, that we're meeting the, the needs of the business? And, you know, I, I, I sort of found that, you know, if you do sort of lean into the, you know, supporting the individual, then that helps give them the airspace and, and the, the opportunity to, to, to meet their needs. And then that opens them up to provide the discretionary effort that the business needs, right? And, and, and if you can build those relationships and help set the context, yep, yep, let, let's support you in, in what you need now. And here's the bigger picture of what we need to achieve. So let's make sure we keep an eye toward that. Then, you know, if you, if you get the, the people piece right, any of the other things just fall into place. Those relationships, people feeling cared for, people feeling heard, I think like that's something we're hearing over and over and over is employees are saying like, even if I don't get what I want, if I feel like the organization cares about my perspective and listened to my perspective, like that just goes such a long way. Yes, I'm right with you, you know, and and it's really important to avoid sort of that charade of consultation, right? You have to, you have to not only actively seek out the views and the opinions of, of the of, of the stakeholders, but but make sure that you know things are thoughtfully considered and there isn't sort of this behind the scenes maneuvering and 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 then it's important to really sort of test those perceptions of fairness and legitimacy um, and, and understand having the sort of the the context and the rela- understanding of the relationship and how decisions are made in an organization to to be able to test that so that. So that it does resonate when you know when, when the whole organization is is brought on board. Really appreciate that perspective. So that setting the context is something that's really important to you right now, which makes a lot of sense given given the world that we're leading in right now. It is an interesting one. There has never been a time quite like this, has there? No, that's that's for sure, right? Uh, both both sort of personally, professionally, um, relationship wise. I mean, it it is. Uh, Absolutely in, incredible, and uh, and and that that's a, a great way to sort of engage with folks who are feeling that stress, right? And, and just kind of recognize and acknowledge where we are, and, and you know we we will work through this, right? We've done we've done hard things in the past, and we're going to do hard things in the future, right? This is just where we are right now, and, and we're going to make it through and come out the other side together stronger. Yeah. And, you know, it's for people like me who I've spent my entire career as an executive coach, leadership development facilitator, and I'm, I'm so grateful for some of the things that have come out of the tough, the tough year that we've had, because the connection 
is greater, the opportunity for connection, the way we've been peering into each other's lives in way that we ways we never have in the past, there's an enhanced intimacy in that that drives connection and relationship. And that's a good thing. I think employers are more so on the hook for providing a safe space for employees in a way they haven't been before. Exactly. I mean, think, think about just, uh, you know, turning on the, uh, the video background in Zoom, right? I mean, you now have a window, right, a, a window that, we, that we weren't often exposed to um, you know, prior, prior, prior to these times. Well, I will tell you, this episode is one of my favorites because you, you talked in such a real way about the transition that does not often get talked about <laughs> when someone who's really get good at what they're doing gets asked to take on an expansion opportunity. I will forever suggest this podcast episode to emerging leaders for that reason, because you leaned into the learning. You knew it was going to be different. Yes. You know, it was not easy. It was not straightforward. I, you know, I won't give that impression at all. And, you know, again, it never turns out exactly as you'd envisioned, right? Because that, what I thought was an uh, ex- expansion assignment and a, a, a few years of, uh, of, of growth to, and then you know, return back in as an engineer, of course, that led to a different opportunity, which led to a different opportunity, you know, and, 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 and so, you know, life happens, right? Uh, in, in my mind, it, it's about sort of keeping a, um, you know, a, a map, right? And, and, you know, you can have a map for, for where you'd like to go, but, but recognize that it will never turn out exactly as you envision. And, and that's okay, right? Again, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a compass pointing in a direction instead of a well-defined road, right? And, and the map can connect the threads of your journey so far, but, you know, use the compass as, as sort of directional wayfinding for what's next. Well said. That's good. That's inspirational. Thank you for that. I'm um I'm fired up about this this conversation because it's a, it's just a good it's a good reminder about being intentional when we do make a decision to do something different the learning mindset that you had around that once once you take a decision commit right that 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 is you know the the, the decision is the decision you've taken it commit to to that decision and and go forward right there is only forward there is only forward. I love that. Well, Matt, thank you so much. If our listeners want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to uh, to make new connections and contacts. I, I love meeting folks and, and uh, learning about their stories as well. And, and uh, if I can if I can help or support in any way, don't hesitate to, to ask. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.